Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Shane, and this is the Rolling Sound Podcast. I'm joined with Phil. How you doing, Phil? Doing and well. Nick Fry, who Hello. is a fantastic, fantastic guy that I really, really enjoyed working with. So I'm really happy you're well, here. Well, I've got you fooled then. <laughs> That's true. So, um, Nick, you've done a lot of things. You've done, um, you've done some cinematography as well as audio, yeah. um, and one of the things that I'm really excited um, about is is Phil is big into audio, and um, I just think that you two talking together together. I think um, <clears throat> I think you two have a lot to gain from talking to each other. Oh, but what he's really saying, Phil, <laughs> it, it is that he hopes that we'll talk about him and say something cool. That's what he's yeah. hoping. That's what yeah. this is all about. You know, you know yeah. what I, I yeah. just love camera. In that I hate. <laughs> um, yeah, with your uh, 32 uh, megapixel dynamic range. Shut up. He shut said up. that earlier in the call. Oh, and did I'm he? Never letting oh, it that's go. great. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a um, script script once that was talking about, and this is an interesting example of how if someone's going to write a role that they should maybe do the research. They said, oh, yeah, apparently you've got really good hearing. You can hear from 20 to 40 hertz. <laughs> and for the, yeah i know and i was like well so should everybody else be able to but it's not easy. what what they were meaning was 20 hertz to 40k and uh because it was supposed to be this superhuman uh sort of situation but uh. there, there's like this uh in because i'm in film school and like there's this constant like classic film joke that the moment you jump, jump on a film set they're going to tease you for being a film student. So, like, you, if you be a grip, they're going to say, like, some, the, someone's going to, above you is going to tell you, uh, go give me a box of F-stops, and then you run up to, like, the, Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Run up. Look for it. Where, um, where, where, where do you keep the F-stops? Yeah, going around the whole set, and everyone's going, out. Oh, he's T-stops. guy. Yeah, yeah. And T-stops, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've so, heard a bag of T-stops. So, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about audio. So you two are both audio guys, and I know almost nothing about the audio end of things. So I was kind of hoping to learn from both of you about your equipment. Uh, so Phil's got some sort of recorder that he was foolish enough not to bring with him into quarantine. What <laughs> what do you have, Phil? It's it's completely safe. It's in a safe place. I buried it about six six miles deep into the the jungle. It's mm-hmm. fine. No, uh, but I, I got a I I have a uh, Sound Devices Mixed Pre Mark uh, Mixed Pre Ten Mark Two. I think the newest one that came out. Um, I love it so much. Uh, it's just great. I, it has a little Bluetooth feature to it uh, where I don't have I don't have to like I have five minutes to get a, a change uh, the scene name to three ba take two. Right, all the rolling and pressing and rolling and oh, pressing. Oh, just like yeah. intricately trying to like get the slate correct yeah. correctly. It's like okay, I got the A. Now I get to get four more letters, and I have three seconds to do it. But now yeah. I can just like connect it to my phone, and just like I can t- type it out on my phone, or I can use speaker, and it'll just auto change it for it. that. But interestingly was... enough, you're actually pointing out something about audio on set that a lot of people don't consider and that is some of the things you do have nothing to do with audio yeah yeah not directly the user interface of a recorder can be just as important depending on what it's being used for what environment you're in as as anything else um 
you know, so it gets down to that thing, you know, what's the best car? Yeah. Some people would say Ferrari, some people would say, you know, a truck, and then they they get really into specific models, but it depends what you're doing with it. And I've got a bunch of recorders, and they all do different things, and some of them aren't actually very good, including my phone. I've actually done stuff with my phone sound effects when I was I was out walking and I heard there's one uh, situation when I required the sound of a of a crow and I always like to get my own sounds. I have I can't remember that any time that I've used the stock sound I'll make it. Yeah. If it's the explosion yeah. I'll, I'll go you know um you know I'll, I'll make a sound like that and then uh, we'll you know, then manipulate it and use it to make it work how it's supposed to do. Sure. Unless it's a specific sound like the NASA beep or, you know, an actual has to be the sound of a, of a F-14, you know. But I'll go and record it. And Obviously, I can't record the NASA beep, but you could um, emulate that by getting the tone. Deep, you know, yeah. what is it? Yeah. Sounds like it's probably, you know, 2K-ish or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and you, you could do that. But anyway, I was walking around and I went all these places trying to get these crows with all my good stuff. And one day I was walking to Walmart and this crow, I could have just done that, couldn't I? It was just going round and round of me, it was following me, doing it. So I thought, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30. okay, all right, uh, you want to be in this, don't you? All right, so I started recording with my phone. And it was fine. It's stereo. The thing with it, with the phones is that they're not so good in the wind. Uh, but what is amazing is that they actually are quite good noise floor wise because they do all this fancy processing that isn't necessary fidelity, but it sure works. And I was very impressed with what I was able to get out of that. I've got natural sounds that are like that before. Sometimes you know, just the perfect uh, crickets at night whip out the, the phone if that's all you've got but uh, I, let me show you this uh, okay so uh, I'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> okay, you so, don't... This, this is the nerd pack I'll give you a sound of it okay so this is the fanny pack my smallest fanny pack um, and you get these are actually tactical pouches and I put in these spare batteries all kinds of things i even have the sexy braces <laughs> suspenders is that what you guys call them yeah um and uh in that goes oh i wasn't expecting the show until anyway i've got <laughs> um i'm started for sound effects i have the ambisonic recorders uh, and i've got uh an h3 vr an h2n and then for really serious if i'm planning it this is just walking around on my way to the store which has got to be hilarious to watch you know what's he doing what's he think he's doing he's got this big pack i don't care because sometimes you get you go under a bridge and it's just perfect i'm gonna get it um and that's when you know you're a lifer do you know what i mean i mean it's like it's 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 a healthy addiction but my best uh atmospheric mic is the ntsf1 which is uh a, a true sound field mic um, other models exist of course but uh, I chose that for certain reasons noise floor and, and other things and I like the smoother sounds 
I like a sound that you start off with that you can maybe work with that's got noise floors low and if you have to equalize it that's great um, there's a flip side of, th of theory in a lot of people will choose bright mics because yeah. then they think oh I've got the clarity but there I would caution people that brightness is not necessarily clarity it's the whole presentation the actual fidelity of the sound is the most important thing but uh, that that's my philosophy if you build all of your sounds around a certain center then your mix will sound a certain way others will do things different way and it also depends maybe what the projects are uh, a lot of my stuff is based uh, more on what I would call terrestrial drama um, and there's a, a different approach to that than it is say to action um, you might think you'd record it the same way but say for action sounds and so on yes you might record those clean and then compress an EQ for yeah. for impact um, my there are a lot of the work I do is you know BBC-esque stuff where it's like this is how it sounded that's supposed to be fidelity you know so it's different different approach you bring up something that I've, I've always really wondered about um, because I, I've done a, I've done a uh, post editing internship in LA uh, with a company called Smart Post Sound and they uh they really taught me like the like the importance of fidelity and like like if you see birds make sure that you have the sound effect of birds in there and that extends all the way to like uh if someone's firing an M16 make make sure it sounds like an M16 it's got to be an M16 and the right caliber of M16 because they vary and yeah. where the the muzzle is pointed because yeah. they sound way different from behind than from the front completely the, the, different the only outlier in that that I see is silence, uh, silencers and suppressors in action movies or horror movies. It's always yeah, that always, like, it's always, yeah, it's like, it's like the only exception. They don't, they sound and like, like they, in reality, they sound like yeah. a great big stapler. Yeah. That's how they yeah. really sound. Um, yeah. yeah. So there has to be, I mean, you know, and, and I always laugh at movies where they open a briefcase and it goes, it's yeah. like, it's yes. a briefcase, everybody. <laughs> if your briefcase started doing that, yeah. Wow, you know, you, yeah. you you would be wondering. I'd buy it. And yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, everyone no. buy it. Yeah. Well, it's the Pelican it's... case that's been on, in a in a hold, and you got to fly to a different altitude, and you release the sound. Um, but here's the thing that I find I do, or say for example, sometimes you do have to enhance the sound. Uh, we're working on a a movie right now that is a um. Uh, it's in the it's it's, it's thriller horror genre, and. It is a. It's a, a based in a prison, and it's a ghostly kind of thing. And they talk about the sound of the guards um, <clears throat> using their their billy clubs along the uh, the actual yeah. uh, you know the things. Well, um, <laughs> so when we were actually did I did the the onset sound as well. Um, when we were there, we thought, well, let's just get that. Well, the problem is the billy club is dull wood. The bars are held and they're thick and they're painted so they just sounded like this that's a keyboard right now that's just plastic it's like huh, completely horrible sound you know and this has to have this ethereal menacing clanky sound yeah. so i'm actually combining sounds i'm using other kinds of metal and i found this <laughs> i was out again walking around with my sexy pack um and i found this metal railing i thought i wonder what happens if i hit that 
you know, it's like perfect. Yeah. And it's a matter of doing all of those sounds and getting it right and pitch changing. And that's why when you're getting sound effects, you might want to go to higher sampling rates so that you can pitch down without it getting gritty and losing losing stuff, if, especially if you want to go four octaves, five octaves down. You know, you get to the point where it's like it breaks up. And that's when on those things you're going to want to have microphones that, like some of the Sheps and so on that can actually record to 30K so that yeah. when you record and you pull that down, you halve the speed, now you've still got 15K bandwidth instead of 10 and so instead of the roll off and there's actually something up there even though in reality you'd probably want to filter that out for bandwidth reasons on your actual master um so uh back to sort of um just because this is all i can contribute to this conversation knowing all i know about audio is i used to be big into high school theater and there was a play that we did where at one point there's the sound of a crane right um flying overhead uh and mm-hmm. oh that yeah. kind of crane <laughs> <laughs> um, uh yeah so the, the the bird crane and and they they played the noise of a of a geese yeah or, or goose. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, goose, yeah 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 i suppose yeah. um and i had no idea yeah. i didn't know what the difference was nobody nobody who was it's just a high school play. None of us knew birds at all. But my dad, right. who's, you know, true blood Montanan, yeah. whatever, um, when he went and saw it, he was like, that was, that was, that was not That's it. That's not right, <laughs> that was, son. And it completely took him out of it. Yeah. So just having the right sound yeah. effect is actually super duper important. Well, you know, I, and I think um, that is very important. If I'm doing car sounds, I'll get at least the right number of cylinders. That's uh, certainly. I, with, I, you go ahead. I I have never thought about like, like, thinking about like the exact cylinders. Like that's yeah. that specific shit right there. It, here's here's what happens. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. If you do try it, if you record say a Toyota Tercel, a Civic might sound very similar unless it's an S, because they have higher lift cams and things like that. It depends how specific you want to get. And here's the thing, I cannot not hear that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so it and it isn't because the the job I do, I do the job I do because I can't do anything else <laughs> because and it, it to to people from the outside they'll say oh doesn't this drive you nuts or it spoils your enjoyment of other things. No it doesn't. It just it's a great thing and you know and you've got rusty doors, you've got the weight of a door, you've got and again get coming back to the vehicles and you've got doors closing and if I am doing a military thing and I need to get the sound of a jet, that specific jet, or even the canopy going down, a lot of times you can actually ask. And they'll, you know, they might let you go and do it. I just need the canopy going down because I'm doing this thing. And I'm like, That's cool. okay, well, because technically we, they work for us, <laughs> you know? And as long as it's not a matter of, uh, you know, uh, national security, you can actually get an F-16 canopy to come, come down and you get, you know, like, okay, you're done? All right, okay, okay, that's it, get out of there. And one other thing that I'd like to point out, that from the standpoint of fidelity, what do you think is the most important thing to record? What do you what do you pay mo- what do you pay most attention to, or when you're choosing equipment? For me, one of the most important things is is this one particular factor, and that is silence. Can it record <laughs> silence? 
because there's nothing worse than having this, the equipment you've got add to it. It's colouring it and also adding this hiss. I got some great recordings once where I, I drove I don't know how far out of the city and I wanted to get the ambient sound there in, in four channel surround um, because the the scene that it was for was these guys had driven off into the desert in LA that's where we shot the original scene and obviously uh, so we'd done it obviously done the dialogue with the single boom and then for the surround sound I needed to go and get all that stuff so I had to go and find quiet place to record nothing yeah yet it has this ambience of something that's different from it's amazing how you don't really register it until you take it out of the out yeah. of the, the surround speakers but what was really cool is so i sat there for about 20 minutes to get the best nothing possible especially since i've driven all that way i may as well do that and of course when you're doing that if you just touch your glasses that comes through you hear, you hear it <laughs> it's like everything is you know you can't move got to sit there i'm sitting on an apple box just like uh being all quiet so I, I had i had two flies go right from left to right diagonally and the other one went another way um at different times and that was so good because uh, you, you hear that when you put that into a theater people think a real fly they don't even notice you recorded it you see them go you know they they're they're flicking off this fly and I do too if I forget that it's in that one pace and I've used it for other things because it's so convincing and that that's the kind of thing that gets us excited right you know it's like it, it, it it's not necessarily the explosions those are impressive and they're fun to do but everyone does those getting that yeah. one fly that you know is you recorded it it's not from anywhere else I'll tell you another story though that's so hilarious going out to try and get that silence you go out there's nothing out there, nothing. And you start to record. It's totally silent. It's uncannily quiet. You close, you turn off your, your, your truck and you get out and you, you hear your feet on the ground. You can almost hear your own heartbeat, you know. And in the moment you press the red button, what happens? Somebody's <laughs> construction, 10 miles away, but you can hear it. Gun range. Hey. Hey, you shooting a movie? <laughs> yeah. Someone just walked up, you shooting a movie here? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I've recorded sprinklers before in, in the big ones in the potato fields. And people come, the guys stop and they come up and say, Howdy, how you doing? All right. What y'all doing? And because they see, you know, you, you're holding this stuff and I'm wearing what looks like a tack vest. So I look like a <laughs> terrorist or something. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm going to shoot their sprinkler. <laughs> but it's funny. Anyway, getting back to it. So you press the red button and this, this is what happened on this one. I hear this voice, this guy screaming, Frank, Frank, Frank. Like, did, shut up. Did he ever get a hold of Frank? <laughs> Who's Frank? Yeah, no, I don't know. And eventually he stopped, but I kept thinking, how does this happen? But it's amazing. And that's one thing on a movie set, isn't it? Uh, everyone, especially when they go to scout locations, there's two things that location scouts actually three kind of that they should think about one is what does the room sound like especially if you're using part of the room but the rest of it doesn't sound right especially if it's too echoey because it's hard to take that away there are methods but they never work 100% right if you got this one corner that's supposed to be a little office but the rest of it's unfinished then you've got a bit of a nightmare to work with that 
Adding reverb, you can. Taking it away harder. I So I haven't done much work outside of school. I did this one project uh, in Livingston uh, in which they needed a sound guy. And uh, they the it was a pretty good like the the like the whole film itself was like really fun and great experience uh very very big learning curve uh a lot of a lot of things were happening all at once but one of the like one of the biggest things was uh the location was right next to next to an active railroad so every other 10 15 20 minutes train would come in the windows would start shaking <laughs> just the audio was just like yeah I'm sorry, guys. I can't fight this one. Uh, and by, by the sea as well, on a nice summer day, what do you hear? You hear the boats. You hear probably helicopters taking sightseeing things. And, and it's amazing. They just go around you. Like, they, they, they're not seeing you. It just feels like that because more than likely you've chosen a location that's picturesque and where other people want to go a lot of times. And so, yeah, that sort of stuff happens. Um, the most important thing, though, is some of that ambient sound is not so much whether it's there, but whether it changes. Do you do you record the same? Do you record the same ambient sound with the same uh, boom microphone, or do you use uh, a special microphone to uh, capture uh, ambient sound? If well, if if you're doing live set sound. I'll use the same mic in the same position that I was recording the there. Because you probably noticed it's the, the lightsaber phasing effect. If you've got your boom above somebody, and even you move over, you say, you, say you're doing a, a two-shot, then you do a one-shot you know, coverage of each person, that ambient sound, even outside, can phase if the microphone moves. And if you suddenly decide, oh, I'm going to point it towards the sound source, it will it'll really change. And so now, yeah, now you've got your, uh, your room tone, uh, that's different from the whole room tone, which is the point of having it. And in fact, I've got the point now that what I do is I don't even bother with room tone because it gets in the way of sometimes if I know that I've got it in the content. A lot of times they'll take enough of a break and you have to listen so that there aren't any clicks, you know, any yeah. clicks of something like a sound like that. Because if there is in your room tone, you'll hear that. And that's what you'll notice. It's repeating. Not, you know, like, way yeah. that's not right. But if someone gives you, as often will happen, good directors uh, will go and action. And they'll also go cut. They're not going to cut, you know, like a lot of them do. And you have to tell them, it's n- you have to say, because you come from the standpoint of you're just going to spend a lot of time in post if I've got you saying cut as people are walking out of doors. We've got all those beautiful sounds of the footsteps. Well, the end of the scene. No, but you might want that to go over. And you don't know yet if it's the end of the scene. And for the sake of five seconds, say yeah. cut later. Yeah. Also, if, it's the, if they're sitting down, you've got instant room tone. You know, you've got all this sound. And so that's one of the things I'll do. And they'll ask me, you know, should we get room tone? The AD will. And you say yes or no. Sometimes they want to see you do it, but most of the times you don't end up using it. Other people do have different workflows, and they want it, they need it, they love it. Um, but um, you know, it, that that's just a, a thing. Um, okay, so 
uh, <laughs> sorry, with all the audio talk, I've just kind of been trying to follow everything the best I can, but every now and then you'll use a term that I just don't yeah, understand. Sure. Go, go, yeah, throw um, in a, a, a request for a glossary. Yeah. Well, um, no, I just thought we could move, because I kind of wanted to ask you, Nick, um, about, because uh, you did a thing with Air Supply a long time ago, or yeah. not a long time ago. Well, yeah, um, I kind of wanted to ago. ask. Well, well, I've known them since for 17, 18 years, something like that. Right. So I just kind of wanted, because it was a documentary, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it is that out yet? No, they. Okay. it's one of those situations where you you do the one part. I wasn't contracted to do the editing, mm-hmm. and... I think it's probably something that's going to surface. Um, okay, that's it'll just show up some point. Yeah. Um, now the music videos that I've made with them, obviously that's different. I'm not, you know, from an audio right. standpoint, all we're doing is that to track. Mm-hmm. So, so you 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 shot most of it, right? Or did uh, you? I shot all um, of the stuff I shot. Yeah, which was I was on the road with them for six months. So when you did the audio and the the video, right? For for the yeah so this is how for I did the documentary it. yeah um, yeah I deliberately got a, a used a camera that I wouldn't normally use for movies of course it was more of an mm-hmm. ENG camera you probably could kind of use it for an ind- independent movie as a Canon don't remember the model number but it was a um, uh, four channel I needed the four channels mm-hmm. of audio and here's why I needed to be able to um, get because it had built-in stereo mics Mm -hmm. it also had the ability to mount a uh, I I used a a, a hypercardioid mic on it instead of a long shotgun but and I'll explain why in a minute and then I also got a mono feed from the board uh, wirelessly because I wasn't there to do the music and the chit chat is always mono anyway, right? So it's just cents mm-hmm. a pound. So I didn't need stereo from the board. Now, the reason I did that configuration is so, when I was in the concerts, I had the sound, I've some, got some great audience sounds that are nice and surroundy, and I did some with the, the, the four channel as well, with a, a separate recorder. Um, then, obviously the board, so that it didn't sound typical amateur concerty. I had a direct feed of them talking directly into the mics. And then though, the, the reason I had the shotgun on there, or the, the short, you know, the hypercardioid, was so that I could pick out some things, even in the concert, you hear some girls, woo you get her. If you can point dead right and get close enough, you, you can actually isolate that, whereas the stereo mics are very, very broad. You know what it's like, built-in mics sound like built-in mics usually pretty crap but they're not crap they're actually not what people are expecting um i don't know why they don't face them forward and only forward but that's the way they design those camera mics except for in my case it worked well because i could supplement it with these other feeds and then when i was doing interviews as they were leaving i was just talking to the audience those mics uh hypercardioid um, I have uh, AKGs, uh, you know, Neumann, Sheps, any of them, you know, they're all really good. The pickup pattern's nice and tight, not too tight. You don't get the ambient sounds as you would with an actual shotgun. Um, inside, especially near the stage where it was fairly nicely, or, uh, like, or in the wings or anything like that, if I'm talking to people who had got backstage, it sounded like they were laughed. I mean, it's amazingly good. And this was a new, slightly new experience for me because although I'd done television, 
That's one thing. Movies mm-hmm. are another thing. And this was something else because it's a split in the difference between the expectations are we want this to sound fantastic and look fantastic at the same time as you're an army of one. <laughs> and that's, again, I press record and everything went into the camera, all four channels. So so there was no syncing or anything after, after the fact or anything? No, they just Nothing. all worked. Yeah. Right because on. again, you're you're generating so much material. If we're on a, if this is what would happen. We go on tour for three di- nights a, at the end of a week. Sometimes come back for one day, and then go out again. So there's another day of traveling or whatever. Sometimes I'd be editing on the on the, the plane, but the other guys would be like, "Yeah, should we go and have dinner after the show?" And I'd be like, "I've got to do backups. <laughs> I've got to do all this other stuff. I've got to sync all this stuff." And when I say sync is you know, put things into. Uh, timelines the audio and video is already synced but getting everything that's that made sense because I knew I was going to be passing this project off to somebody else and marking and renaming everything calling it a stuff then also uploading uh, rushes for the management to see you know doing all of that all the time and so if I had another set of audio another set of things another thing you've got to press go with uh, it's it's a nightmare and it now, if yeah. it, it would have been nice to have had yeah. a crew of two people, three people, four people, nice to have had a runner. But what I found was it didn't really matter because they would just come and talk to you anyway. In fact, they'd line up. Oh, you're with the band because they'd introduced Nick's doing this video for us. And so afterwards, they would come up to me like I'm some, some sort of royalty, which of course I'm not, but they thought it was, they thought, you know, you were. Um, and so once you get introduced, they they love to talk to you and they're usually pretty loud in the concert as well um and they've most of the time got something to say so i'm going to interrupt the podcast for a minute and edit in this short little sound bite i would like to remind everybody if you have enjoyed listening so far which if you've made it this far i assume you have to follow us on spotify itunes soundcloud or youtube or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh that's the only four places we are right now so let us know if you need us somewhere else um, make sure to follow us, uh, comment, email us if you'd like to. It's all in the description. Uh, we're going to move on to talking about short films now. Uh, I would like to hear from you guys if you have short films you would want to hear about. If you are a crew member and you would like to talk to us um, about your experiences on films, we'd like to hear from you as well. So uh, feel free to hit us up and follow us wherever you can and share us with your friends. Um, okay, so, uh, Nick, did you get a chance to watch that short film? I did. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's all, out of one out of ten, let's all rate it, because... Okay, firstly, let's, let, uh, what, remind me of the name of it, it was... Uh, it was... Your Old Man. Your Old Man, yeah. Yeah, so Your Old Man, I looked it up on, Um, um, on IMDb, and, uh, interesting bunch of people. Yes, Um, yeah. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Did you? Yes, See, I did. I, okay, I, I thought it was good um, until it came to the the colors. Oh, um, well, color I would grading. have agreed that yeah. it, it could have been... Okay, there's two philosophies for grading, and probably sound as well if you really get into mm-hmm. it, and that is, do you do it safe, or do you mm-hmm. take a risk and, and, and deliberately say, I'm going to grade this, or so give an example like, uh, Brother, where art thou? Or right. um, uh, Matrix, which is often you know referred mm-hmm. to. Or um, um, 
Blade Runner has yeah. a lot of really interesting. Yeah, you've got yeah. your color palette, you thought it through, and all these kinds of things. This had, I think, they did it with a, a certain sense in mind, but mm-hmm. I felt it could have been a bit more pushed in terms of the color. Right. It was yeah. a bit safe. Well, there was, there was, yeah, well, there was points where, you know, it, it kind of almost felt like they almost didn't grade it at all. But then well, there was that, that scene at the beginning that um, uh, at the funeral that the skin tones were just, the, the woman looked so dead and it was just so, it was just yellow and black. Wait, you just said um, at the and, funeral the woman looked dead. How much yeah, of a sin yeah. is that? <laughs> uh, okay, now here's I took, I took, I th- I th- I took the liberty mission accomplished, I'd say. of uh-huh. downloading it, um, okay. and I've got it in my editor. And I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Now this is an Still interesting thing. So if I look at my waveform vector, it is clear that they definitely did QC this or set this up for QC. Then their levels are never higher than 100. They're clamped to some some degree. And there's zero levels as well, so they're exactly right. And and for those who haven't done proper coloring, you can go under white, un, under black, and over white by a long way, and it won't pass and it won't look right. Um, mm-hmm. Now another thing they may have done, and it could have been set up this way. Again, we're going. They may have sat and had 20 meetings about the look they wanted, you know, right. as well. We don't know that. Um, otherwise, it wasn't distracting enough to me other than I kind of thought I would have done it differently so um, as far as I know because I picked this one and and Phil Phil knows this there's a there's another filmmaker on YouTube and his name is uh, Dominic uh, I want to say Farah is how you pronounce his last name and he's he's got amazing short films and then this short film was made by a friend of his oh okay um, a, a while ago um, oh my dog's getting excited about something what about that <laughs> um, I mean, I, so, I'm almost uncontainable. <laughs> what you just said, yes. dude. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His friend. Um, so, anyways, this is kind of one of his friends mm-hmm. um, who. Uh, this was one of their first, his first films, from what I understand. And um, if you kind of watch uh, the, his later films, um, things get a, a lot better paced, I should say. And you can kind of tell that he sort of learned from what he was doing. Um, so I kind of picked it because it was sort of a good way later on in like another episode at some point to go back and watch one of well, his Well, let me ask you this, though. Films. Now, you said pacing. I actually enjoyed the yeah. pacing. Did you? Yes, because of the nature of it. And right. this comes down to anything with art and how you do things. And again, it's like those briefcases that go, how much action do you want? And how much, you know, realism do you want? And, of course, mm-hmm. real life. See, this this movie probably wasn't aimed at you as, a, as an audience. No. I, yeah, I think, I think for me it kind of missed the mark. But. Right. However, let's look at it this way. Otherwise, camera angles, camera movements, there weren't any re- weird jolts no, yeah. and, and it wasn't strange. like anything it wasn't like obvious filmy. yeah obviously crappy focus pulls um mm-hmm. it didn't look like they used a rehearsal take ever uh, i mean it was all sometimes you do and they don't look like and with a good crew they get away with it mm-hmm. but i've seen that on major major movies where it's like why did they use that take it's technically bad but the performance was better in this case 
I thought the whole thing was very consistent. I thought that the e uh, performances were good. The audio was good. Although here's the thing, and I again yeah. we can't tell what they were thinking, and that is this: theater should peak. Well, streaming should peak no more than minus twelve. Mm-hmm. These this peaks full deflection. This show, and uh, now the person streaming it or listening to it probably can't you know they won't tell the difference unless they compare it to something that is at minus 12. now the reason you want to stay at minus 12 is you've got your headroom you've got all those other things and also if you are watching a whole bunch of netflix it should all be the same level right except for you watch those streaming services and they put us through the ringer you know, literally, they'll go, you know, if you're 12.01 mm-hmm. dBs... That oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah, they'll, they'll drive you nuts. That's right. And, you know, you have to... In, in, in some of those micro peaks and things like that, and they'll, I, I've actually found them on, on QC sometimes. We've had stuff projected for one pixel. Not a stuck pixel on the camera, but one frame that had a pixel. They find it. They find everything. <laughs> they put you all through it. And the other thing is that's funny is that so you know you're, you're working with a distribution company and they they say put our logo on the beginning and their logo doesn't pass QC. So you've got to change their logo and it could be that their white is 110. percent So you've got to back it off for them. <laughs> and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But then you do all of that and you pass QC, all this time and effort afterwards. You put your thing and goes onto Amazon. So then you're watching it, and then you know the the trailers for the other movies aren't they're not you know they're different levels and all sorts of things and so it drives you nuts now here's the thing when you're streaming something on youtube though i've done this where i've mastered to zero and instead of minus 12 because i know Mm -hmm. that on youtube you sometimes have a problem where people say i couldn't hear it and i turn up my phone all the way and they're watching it on their phone without headset on or no earbuds on a train and they can't hear the thing they can't hear the content so you have to boost it and also and this is what i was going to say about maybe the color on this and i watch this on my computer not on my phone phones have a problem that they tend to it's a weird way the oled screens and all this kind of stuff do something to the black and mid colors where you might want to raise some of that I still keep my black level at zero if it's absolutely should be black. Um, and then just raise a little bit above that so that on a phone it looks good and still looks good on other equipment. I don't see people talking about this. This is just my right. way of doing it. So, uh, so, uh, so Phil, what, what did you think? Um, I'd get it like a, I'd give it a like six point seven out of ten. Um, I. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty much around where I. Yeah, I I I, I didn't mind the uh, the color grading. I thought I thought the color grading was fine. I um, as far as like I I, I agree with like they kept it pretty cohesive. Um, uh, yeah, I I I agree with uh, uh, uh saying that like it's. They probably were going for something specific in that funeral scene, um, but what bothered me the most about the movie is, I I feel like, th- like the main character, like the the protagonist of the story, is the, the daughter. Oh well, 
Well, well, well. Yeah, she's main... yeah, she, and he's the antagonist, really. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But but he should be the main character. Is my point? Uh, what, what I want to get at. If if the movie was uh, uh, came from his perspective, I think I think it could have been a lot more impactful than uh, the daughter finding out. I, I think maybe like, a follow up film. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that the idea of a daughter finding out that her father her father was adopted is interesting. I think it it would be more impactful that if he found out and he was dealing with it. I'm trying to find a way to tell her. Exactly, and like yeah. maybe. Maybe he goes uh, instead of going to the funeral. Maybe he goes and tracks down his birth parents or something like that. I was, but then, I but then, like, so so here's the question: Is what makes a good movie? Is it the story, the performance, the technical, or a combination of all of those things? Which is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, from the standpoint of is this a good project? I would say it's a great project. In fact, I wrote as much on their IMDb page. Because uh, nobody had said anything, and I thought they all were great actors. There are some moments in there where I'm like, they really put something into this, but <laughs> that it's not an action guy, flick. It cracks me up. The what? Uh, oh, the toll booth guy with the fucking. Oh yeah, yeah, the... yeah. It's great. Well, you see, and and that could have been. They're right on the verge of being cheesy, right? Mm-hmm. But it, to me, never was. Now here's the thing. Okay, now some of my favourite movies of all time are like, not not the action flicks. I mean, you know, uh, Contact, um, The King's Speech. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, like that. that's a good movie. That's Right. right. Yeah. But you see, where I'm coming from is those sorts of movies will take their time. Mm-hmm. So when you talked about the pacing. Right. Um there's some stuff there's on uh, Amazon right now there's the um uh, uh Agatha Christie stuff um don't and don't, and don't a very unlikely Hercule Poirot um um what's his face um John Malkovich. It's a great project. I wish it wasn't called Agatha Christie something because it's almost like it's a parallel thing. It's 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 like casting me a Superman. It's not the right thing to do, but I could maybe be some, have a superpower, but I'm not Superman. We all know that. Um, but it's so well done. And if no, you watch not that. Not that attitude. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's right. <laughs> I'm kryptonite. I'm myself in kryptoniting. Um, but if you watch that, the first scene grabs you. And my girlfriend said, oh, this is really good just and there's nothing happening it's just all walking around and sound effects and things and it, it's setting the scene and he's looking at his mail but you can just tell they cared and it either was exceptional set sound or really good ADR and foley and what you end up with is something that just I found myself totally immersing into it and she did too and then she's not a technician you know she she works in retail you know totally different so, but she, she, she noticed it and, and said something. Although I've tried to sometimes share with her some of the stuff I do and go, what do you think of this? And she tries and she's helping with sound effects and stuff. So she's got a sense of what's going on. But I use, I'm saying that, that when you've got somebody who's only been thinking about that for two years of her life, as opposed to somebody who's been doing it for, you know, many, many decades, and still she picks it up. That's why I'm thinking, yeah, that they must be doing something better. That the mm. general public do perceive, even if they don't know why. Right. Um, yeah, I, I really... Because the first time I watched it, I, I didn't know a lot about filmmaking or anything, and I really liked the plot. Um, and personally, when it comes to the, the, the whole 
point of view of the father is is that completely it completely changes the story you know like that mm-hmm. might be like a better like a a, a sequel like your old man to electric boogaloo or some <laughs> you know where where now that he knows that you know his his dad wasn't his dad then he you know goes on whatever journey like you could do the stages of grief or however however you want to do that um but um i want to say the big thing that i appreciated with this film is um at the end of the funeral when the girl walks out um the dad is talking about his oh deceased right. father and he's like i can't remember exactly what he says but he's like he says, um, i should say he's a great guy but i'm not he's going an to asshole. he's a dick or something <laughs> and i just i appreciate yeah. it and that's that's what i expect to hear at my funeral um as well so i don't know i just appreciated that i, I think I, it was better than a noble effort i think mm-hmm. that they probably did got what they were trying to achieve. Yeah. I, I just thought all round very, very good. I'd like to see that group of people succeed and do other things. Yeah, well... Now, when you... Nick, I'll, I'll have to... After this, I'll have to send you the YouTube channels of all the... Because there's a whole group of them, and they yeah. all have some really phenomenal short films, specifically my favorite, Dom Farah. He, they're, fa- they're fantastic. Like, they really are. So I'll have to show you, and I, I, have, I have lost many a night just going through their short films. I've got uh, something fantastic. to send you as well. Okay, so, uh, perfect. Um, is, no, 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 it's not something I did. It's somebody else. Right. Did it. Well, Phil's, Phil's picked Sound, out next week's, very ominous. Um, uh, next week's short film. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, Phil, what, what, are we, what are we watching next week? So, it's a Spanish uh, short film called Ooh. Time Code. Uh, okay. Came out 2018, I want to say. It's on, like... It's on YouTube. It's you'd have to buy it on YouTube. It's like two dollars, I think. Okay. Um, but it's like fifteen minutes long. Twenty twenty seventeen, I would say. Um, yeah, it's really good. Cool. Uh, I, I I love it because how simple it is. It's it's one of those movies where it's it's just like there's a lot of short films out there who try to make things big. Mm-hmm. Well, just people who make movies out there who try to make like a crazy story, crazy characters, whole crazy world. And that doesn't necessarily need to happen to make a really or to make a really good movie. Um, right. You can keep things really, really simple, and it's 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 uh, uh, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it because it's 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 a love story. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that much, but that's that's as far as I'll I'll say. Okay, sweet. That's a teaser if ever I heard one. Yeah, I'm excited actually. Um, so I hope everybody enjoyed. That was super super duper awesome. I knew there was a reason I asked nick first before anybody else it's because he's super fun to talk to and listen to so um i hope everybody enjoyed um and uh yeah so time code is next week's uh short film and cool. uh cool yeah bye wonderful the end see ya. It's great to meet you, nick. absolutely see you guys boom perfect yeah. bye peace